the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. I learned prayer by trials. When praying through difficult times in life, the visions, the angels, the Lord speaking directly to me, that's how I learned prayer. I'm talking today about an encounter with God. Everyone in the church, the entire church, must have an encounter with God. In the day that we live, the prayers that we used to pray, you may find them of non-effect, or you may find the results that you are getting in prayer are minimal. And that's when we have to ask the question, what must we do to work the mighty works of God? God has empowered you. And what you speak has so much power. You have the power within to transform lives and situations and cause the enemy to flee. You walk in so much power. I'm not talking about a little power. I'm not talking about a big amount of power. I'm telling you that you walk in tremendous power. But you will have trials. But if you follow today what I am about to tell you, I promise you, you're going to feel like heaven flipped on a switch and that everything around you has changed. I spoke about this before. My mentor used to say, Valerie, if you get a hold of just one thing that I'm saying on this phone line today, it can alter your entire life. And that would get my attention. Well, the same thing is true today. I'm talking about an encounter with God. And if by some means you can get a hold of just one thing that I say today, it can alter your entire life. In order to take a large step forward, a huge, a dynamic step forward, we must have a life of surrender. Once we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we are then allowing the Spirit of God to have access to our spirit. We have to have an experience. We must align ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And once we say, I want you to get a hold of this. Once we say your will and not my will be done. When we say that and mean it with our whole heart, we are aligning ourselves 
with God. And the Holy Spirit will then come in and flood into our soul. Because then you've given God permission to arise. There are people within the church and they have the spirit of God within them, but they don't allow him room to reign in their life. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? You see, because sometimes people will say to me, but I've given my life over to Christ. So what do you mean I'm not allowing him to reign? I'm going to go back to the beginning for just a moment. When we first give our life over to Christ, you know, we give our life over and we've submitted to God. And then after we give our life over, an opportunity soon is presented before us. Maybe it's an opportunity to help someone who is lacking. Maybe they're living in poverty in their life. And the Holy Spirit gives you an unction, I would say, within your spirit, help that person. And then we begin to weigh it out and say, well, I don't know, you know, he don't really deserve it. I've helped him or her before, or, you know, this is their second go around with bankruptcy or what have you. I'm not doing it this time. We then just took a part of our heart back. Remember, we gave our life over to Christ and we said that Christ was on the throne and that he rules our life, but we just took a part of our heart back. And then another opportunity presents itself. Maybe it's an opportunity to give someone a promotion and they haven't been the easiest person to get along with, but they're excellent at doing their job. And the Holy Spirit gives us that message. That still small voice within says, promote him, promote her. And we say, "Ah, no, I don't think I want to do it. We just took another part of our heart back and gradually, 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 We keep making our own decisions and we come to a place where there is no room for the Savior to reign. But once we surrender our mind, our emotions, then we die and the Holy Spirit arises. Then we allow the Holy Spirit to work within our mind, to work within our emotions. And then the enemy comes Because of a lot of stuff, you see, if we don't surrender, my point is, is that the enemy will come with a lot of stuff because there are things hidden in our mind and in our emotions that he can activate. He can activate rage. He can activate an attitude. He can activate an emotion because the soul has not surrendered to God. This is vitally important, what we're talking about today. When the soul has not surrendered, then whatever is in the flesh, the enemy can activate when a situation arises. When the soul has not completely surrendered to God, then there are things hidden in the flesh. And then the enemy comes along and it can activate rage in an instant. It can activate envy in an instant, jealousy. And the person becomes like a remote control car and the enemy is operating them and controlling them. But the soul that has completely surrendered to God. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what will happen. Have you ever seen someone who every time a situation arises, their reaction is rage. Their reaction is anger to the smallest thing. They can react with great anger. The soul is not surrendered completely to God. They may have given their life to Christ, but they have never completely surrendered. 
their prayers will be weak. They will be ineffective. They will not see the great works of God that can flow through them. Their prayer life will be boring and lie dormant. When Satan came to Jesus, there was nothing that he could activate within his soul. His mind, his emotions were surrendered to God. Jesus did not respond to his temptation with a reaction. The enemy tries to corrupt the mind of the church. The enemy wants a cause for you to question and disbelieve God. He wants to cause you to do that. Once we totally surrender, there's nothing to fear. Absolutely no reason to lack confidence in God. And Satan knows that. Because once you surrender, the anointing flows through your life. And God places such a heavy anointing upon you. That's what the scripture means, that the yoke is destroyed by the anointing. Remember in the Bible, the wealthy man, Job, who lost his wealth, he lost his possessions, and through his trial, he continued to trust in God. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. God visited Job, the richness of his mercy, and he gave him great prosperity. The enemy wants to destroy, to kill, to corrupt, but he cannot touch the soul that has surrendered to God. That soul trusts God and counts on God, and God counts that as righteousness. This is a soul who can say in the midst of a trial, though he slay me, nevertheless, I shall serve him. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about today. God sent me to bring this word to the soul who is ready to ascend to the next level. When we come to this place of surrender, the enemy says the demons will stand around and just they'll be talking to one another. What can we do? We can't stop her. What are we going to do with him? There's nothing we can do to control him. The enemy can't find anything in the soul that has surrendered to activate. There's no rage in that person. There is no anger, no envy, jealousy, hatred. The enemy cannot activate those things in that person's soul because they have surrendered. The enemy cannot activate anything in that soul. That's what happened with Jesus when Satan came to tempt him. He said, I'll give you the riches of the world if you'll bow down to me. There was nothing that he could offer because there was no pride. There was no envy. There was no jealousy. There was no greed. His soul was transparent because this was a soul that was completely surrendered and only lived to operate by the will of God. That's how we take the victory. That's how we stop the enemy in his path. I'm talking about an encounter with God today. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. We must all have an encounter with God. Once you have an encounter with God, you'll never be the same. He will empower you. This will strengthen you. Your life will be totally loose. You will be on a new level in life. Mighty demonstrations of the work of God will happen in your life through prayer. So I know what you're saying, Valerie. 
how can I have an encounter with God? Once you surrender, you will pray past your own capability to pray. Your prayers become charged with power. If you'll indulge me for just a moment, I want to share something with you, and we'll talk about surrendering. My children's father, my husband, he had some very serious bouts with his health. I know you've probably heard me talk about him off and on. It was a roller coaster. It went up, it went down over a number of years. Well, at one point, he fell very ill during a five-year span, and he went into a coma, I want to say two or three times in his lifetime. And I remember one time the doctor came to me and he was deep in a coma and I'm reading scripture and I'm praying and I'm talking to him. And the doctor said, Mrs. Sneed, what are you doing? (laughs) When he walked in the room, I said, well, doctor, I'm reading and I'm praying. He said, Mr. Sneed is deep in a coma. He cannot hear you. I said, okay. I didn't know that. I said, well, thank you very much. And as soon as he walked out of that room, I went right back to my reading and praying and talking to God. And do you know that he came out of a coma? People around me administered to the doctors, administered to the nurses. Do you know through that whole hospital, we were a storybook? You know, they watched every move that I made, everything that I said, everything that I did. And the whole hospital was talking about this couple. They were a complete love story. And that was my husband and I. You see how she stands by his side and never leaves? Oh, my goodness. He must have been so good to her. Look, just look at her. Look how she talks to him. And then to see, to have their attention. You see, God allowed that talk so that I would have their attention because God wanted the glory. And when they would see the mighty acts of God, one lady said, Mrs. Sneed, I have seen more miracles in this hospital room that I've seen in my entire life. I have never seen anything like what God does when you pray. He said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not of. I was calling to God to show me a great and mighty thing. Well, he came out of a coma and everybody around was absolutely Amazed. And you know something? His aunt asked him a question when he came out of a coma one time, and I never thought to ask him this question. She said, Could you hear while you were in a coma? He said, Oh, yes, ma'am. Aunt Dorothy, I could hear. He said, I heard every scripture that she prayed, and I heard every prayer that she prayed. And in my mind, I would say those scriptures in my head over and over as she prayed. I would repeat them. She said, did you know you were in a coma? He said, yes, ma'am, I did. He said, the way I knew was the doctors kept saying, Mr. Sneed, Mr. Sneed, can you hear me? And I was saying, yes, doctor. Yes, I can hear you. But he would keep saying it again. Can you hear me? Wake up, wake up. And I would say, doctor, I'm awake. But he wouldn't respond. And then the nurse would say, Mr. Sneed, how are you today? Can you hear me? And I'd say, I'm, I'm well, how are you? And she'd say, Mr. Sneed, Mr. Sneed. He said, and then I knew that they couldn't hear me, that I was in a coma. He said it was a horrible feeling. He said, it's like being asleep, but being awake. And you're in a dream, but nobody can hear you. He said, that's what I was hearing. But I knew they couldn't hear me, even though I was hollering to answer them. It was an amazing experience for both of us. 
God wants to show you the great things that he can do through prayer, that he wants to do through you. God needs a vessel. And in order to do the mighty works of God, we must surrender. We must have an intimate relationship with God, a relationship so close that his power flows through us. And we don't doubt when trouble arises. Remember Joseph? He had an encounter with God. Joseph had three trials to get him through to a place of transformation. In Genesis 37, Joseph was one of Jacob's son. Remember, he was the younger son at that time. And his brothers became angry because he had that dream that his brothers would bow down to him. And after that, remember, Joseph has a second dream. And in the second dream, he dreams that his father, his mother, and his brothers are going to bow down to him. Remember, Joseph's father is Jacob. And when he has a dream that his father, his mother, and his brothers are going to bow down to him, his father lets him know, son, you're stepping the boundary with that one. However, his brothers became so jealous, they were infuriated. They wanted to kill him. Instead, they threw him in a pit, and he was thrown into darkness. He must have been thinking, Lord, what am I doing in this pit? He had seen himself going on to greatness and his family bowing down to him. But they pulled him out of the pit, his brothers did, and sold him into slavery. Remember, he ended up in prison just for trying to do what was right. Joseph's trials were building character. In prison, remember, he interpreted a dream for the king's cupbearer, and the interpretation of the dream was correct. And when the cupbearer got out of prison, Joseph told him, remember me, remember me when you're restored, like the interpretation of the dream. But he forgot Joseph and Joseph continued in prison. But even in prison, Joseph performed with excellence and ended up being placed over the other prisoners. Joseph had an attitude of excellence that only God could give him. And because he had that attitude and a heart that was turned towards God, The cupbearer remembered him when the king needed a dream interpreted and Joseph was brought out of prison. There are three things that we see in Joseph in his character that God is looking right now to promote you to have an humble spirit, a contrite spirit, meaning that you're transparent, that we're teachable and we're ready to receive And that we tremble at the word. Those that respect the word, no one can tell them something to do that's against the word of God because they're humble. They have a broken spirit, a contrite spirit. They've become transparent and they have the word of God within them and they will do what is right at any cost. Is that you? God's eyes are moving to and fro, watching the earth for someone that he can show himself strong to. It's time that each of us had encounter with God to come to a place of complete surrender. These are the things that God is looking for in our character. Remember that whatever we say and do, it must be according to the word of God. When we go to the Lord in prayer, And I'm giving you these instructions today. When we go to the Lord in prayer and we surrender and we say, not my will, but thy will 
be done. And we completely and totally say, Lord, I submit my will to you. I want to walk and live according to your word. And when you go to the Lord in prayer, if you don't hear anything, know that he heard you. Continue to cry out to the Lord. Lord, I desire your presence upon me. I desire your righteousness. And I desire your peace. Oh, I'm telling you. Those three requests will take you a long, long way with God. When I first began to cry out to God for this, you know how I am. I told you about me. I keep coming back. He knows it's me. I keep coming back until I get what I want from him. I continue to cry out, Lord, when I pray for someone, I want your presence to engulf them. I want you to put your arms around them. I want them to know that you are present from the moment that I begin to pray. Oh, Lord, let your presence flow upon them. I need your righteousness, Father, that my decisions are right, fair, and just in your eyes. And I need your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. This was my cry in prayer. I need your presence. I need your righteousness. I need your peace. This, Lord, is the desire of my heart. And then you pray, not my will, but thy will be done. Do you really believe that God can resist the soul that comes to him that way? God's looking for a vessel. He's looking for someone who will give it all to him. Everything that is within us, we must become transparent. In every work of the world, we must release. God must take priority. If we want to work the great works of God, it is a life of surrender. This is the vessel that God can use. So as eyes move to and fro, watching the earth, looking for a heart that he can show himself strong to. God needs a vessel. And then you'll work the mighty works of God. Then you'll see miracles. Then you'll have visitations. You won't be praying for visitations of angels. I have never prayed and said, Lord, I need a visitation from angels. That has never been my prayer. It's something that God automatically does for the soul that surrendered. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the angels came to strengthen him. Everything that Jesus did, prayer superseded that prayer came before it. prayer came before he fed the multitude prayer came before he taught the beatitudes prayer came before he raised Lazarus from the dead prayer came before he healed the blind prayer came before he fed that large group of people from a child's lunch prayer was first in Jesus life he did nothing without prayer Before he went to prison and to the cross, guess what? He was in the garden praying. Jesus had a life of continuous prayer. And sometimes, somehow we miss that. We must have a life of continuous prayer. But even more importantly, we must surrender. That's the heart of of the Christian life. The life that has surrendered sees miracles. That person sees the great works of God through their prayer. 
the comforter must come unto us and we must allow him access to the vessel. When we give God permission and he must have your permission, if you have not given him your permission to rise up from within you to do the great works, you will not see them. God must have permission because he has given us free will. And so therefore we have the right to receive him and we have the right to reject him. When we receive him and acknowledge him and surrender our life to him, then we work the great works of God. The Bible says of the disciples and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony And they love not their life unto death. So they had surrendered to God. They had waited for the power of the Holy Ghost to empower them. And they surrendered. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.